Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I am hopping mad and I want something in the middle. Aha! Yep, absolutely. Yep, 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 absolutely. Monkey tennis? Bring, bring. There's a new chat in town. I had the last laugh. Damn! Monkey tennis? With a chuckle, with a chuckle. No. Monkey tennis? Radical. Awesome. Mega. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. Okay. Monkey tennis? Edmunds is a total wazzard of a guy. Yes, 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 and yes. It's hotter than the sun. They said, who the hell is that? <laughs> this is great banter. Yeah. Back of the net. Monkey tennis? The people who enjoy Alan Partridge will enjoy this podcast. The people who've never got it still won't get it. Hello and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Joe will be sleeping with me tonight. Nick Older. For vegetarians, just substitute the ham for, I don't know, chicken. And Tom Stab. After the pee or poo has landed, please make sure that you're clean-handed. So having dispatched the Witchfinder last week, we're on to Partridge proper, uh, with a couple of episodes looking at the latest from the world of Partridge, and of course, your beloved feedback. Um, we thought, what better place to start than with Stratagem, as we are on the road to Stratagem. Um, and Steve Coogan has been on the promo run recently, so we've learned lots of little tidbits about what to expect from the show. Uh, let's go to Tom Dark for the first on this yeah, so the the first bit to talk about here, he was interviewed uh, for Joe, and I think perhaps Joe in Ireland specifically. Um, so talking about the fact that um, obviously Stratagem, I think, is coming to Ireland before it gets to the rest of the UK. Uh, confirmation that Martin Brennan will feature in the tour. Uh, I do wonder how the hell that's going to work live. That's going to be an interesting one. 
Um, the top comment on this uh, this J video on YouTube is surprised he hasn't toured Ireland before, considering it's only forty nine pounds on a plane. I thought that was uh, very, very funny, very good. Um, and yeah, some interesting chat from Coogan as well about he is very aware that he has the luxury of making choices with regards to what projects he works on and decides to do projects that have an inherent risk because they're the most interesting and worthwhile, e.g. the reckoning, the uh, upcoming Jimmy Savile um, dramatisation. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I feel like Coogan is on the stratagem promo run, but equally he's being asked a lot about things like this Savile show, which I think we'll uh, come on to uh, in this episode in a minute. Um, He also says that the trip to Ireland might still happen. I don't believe him. I think he just said that to appease the interviewer. Uh, Nick, over to you. Uh, yes. So um, Steve also appeared on the Steve Wright show. Um, and I would say from a stratagem perspective, it is fairly light. He talks about how, you know, stratagem is a is a made up word, but it, it sounds like a kind of... Um, uh, a kind of word that you'd expect to hear in a kind of a business conference but I thought you got a bit more um, interesting insight actually more just around uh, Steve in this interview which was actually quite interesting so he talked quite extensively about how he uh, kind of used characters and how he used characters as I guess something of a mask he he kind of talked about how you know he's not really kind of a social media um, presence but you know he has views on you know, news and, and current affairs and he can often kind of use characters to and we've talked about this obviously on the podcast ourselves but kind of impart his uh his views through his characters um and he also talked about the venn diagram of steve uh and alan which i thought was great because again that's something that we've talked about so it was nice to hear uh, him also use that so who knows maybe he does listen to the podcast um and he said the one thing they had in common was their their love of air crash uh, investigation and um <laughs> which which was good and he also talked about how one of the reasons that he felt that uh, sort of the character had just been so successful is uh, this kind of a this idea of kind of you know the british prefer triers over winners and that idea of winning kind of feels like a much more kind of american thing and as brits we'd rather just see someone try and try and try even if they're kind of consistently failing um but yeah it was a, it was a good chat so we, we love to support an underdog and that's definitely alan basically exactly yeah so next on the steve coogan slash alan partridge slash stratagem promo trail uh steve did an interview with craig charles on the on the video rip of this recording it doesn't say whether it was on six music or bbc2 i think craig charles does uh, both. six music it is yeah it was six music okay um and and steve basically gives an update that he's uh, just finished uh the the that savile thing he says uh, which he said was a very long shoot four months actually that shoot took which is you know more akin to a sort of feature film i guess but it was a pretty long shoot um and craig charles a, a, a very excellent interviewer asks the very open question where is alan partridge now uh and steve goes on to say that he's been successful now that he's back on the bbc with this time but ultimately it hasn't made him happy and he's had a bit of a mini breakdown. So he describes stratagem as sort of a TED lecture about his life uh, and to teach the audience how to put their lives right. Um, Then there's a little bit of sort of general partridge history and what else Steve has been up to and what he's done um, and says that Steve is just really happy to revisit uh, Alan as a character and really enjoys again being in a writing room. Um, Charles then asks about sort of famous musicians that he's met, obviously with it being the Six Music show, that makes contextual sense. Um, uh, And Steve says that Paul McCartney came to see him in his live show 
uh, about 25 years ago, which would mean that would be the man who thinks he's it. He went to go and see. And oh, right. he also, he also uh, about 15 years ago, had dinner with Roger Moore, Shirley Bassey and Michael Caine, which I think is amazing because that is basically Alan's here. Well, Alan would like give his left leg to be at a dinner with those people. I think that's quite a, a, a nice thing. It's like a bit of a where Alan and, and Steve cross over. Um, and he said that he did a charity gig uh, with Roger Moore uh, for the homeless and uh, as Alan and introduced Roger Moore uh, as the man with a license to kill homelessness um, which I thought was very nice uh, and then he talks a bit more about stratagem and he says there will be audience participation there will be songs as well uh, motivational speaking and lots of theatrical devices so a lot of the previous uh, Steve slash Alan live tropes there and then he says after that uh, I'm doing a podcast so I guess that means uh, that Oast House Series 2 is confirmed, whether that's been written yet or whether it's actually uh, it's going to be written and then recorded, he doesn't go into. So maybe it's been maybe it's been written and he's just going in to do the, the, the recording. We don't really know. So quick, quick question on that then. So is he saying that Alan is doing a podcast or just he's, generally it, he's he doing says, a podcast? He says, you know, what, what are the things you're doing this year? And he goes, well, I've got two or three things this year. I've got, got the Savile thing, which I've done, Stratagem. And then he says, his exact words are, and then I'm doing a podcast after that. So, okay, so yeah, F- I'm, fingers I'm, crossed that means Ice House, yeah. I think, I think, th- I mean, I don't see Steve doing a podcast as himself. So no, it, no, would, no. It, it, it suggests that that is a second series of Ice House, which I think we'd all be very happy about. Uh, and then he uh, ends the interview by saying uh, about the Savile documentary that he understands that a lot of people object to it, um, have objected to it and can see why people think it's not a good idea. He says he does think it's a good idea. Uh, and he says that before people pass judgment on it, they should see it first, which I guess is fair enough. But um, yeah, it was a it was a really, really good chat. It was about eight, eight minutes long um, and some real good information pulled out of that so um yeah I'll, I'll, we could perhaps post that on the socials for people to have a listen to if they want uh super moving on he was a guest on the one show i also picked up an interview with steve on radio 4 recently um a lot of it is is rehashing what some of the other chaps have already mentioned about stratagem being uh him sort of giving a guide to life trying to help audience members with their personal problems but also that it's going to touch on gender politics a sort of post me too environment as you might expect from the one show no mention of savile um he was also very freshly shorn had very short hair um i thought this might have been uh, because he had to put on the savile wig but i don't think the timeline matches up there so that's unlikely but yeah he's got a a trendy new buzz cut um he describes alan as being something of a a self-made guru in stratagem Um, and one of the most interesting bits i think to come out of the one show interview was that um, they alluded to the possibility of alan becoming cancelled mid-performance in stratagem Um, i don't know if that's an idea they were just thinking about or if that's actually in the show but i think it could be potentially that we see something unravel for alan in real time while he's doing the show um, which i think would be a really good device especially considering they've got you know potentially an hour and a half of alan on stage to maintain um they also said as you've heard from stab um that there will be songs uh involved as well so uh, get to see alan perhaps tackle another medley um yeah so that was it from uh, the one show and from uh, radio four it, it's interesting because uh, i was just wondering how would alan be cancelled kind of mid-show wondering whether that could be like the way the the blackface photos thing played out in this time or whether it could be you know you there's you could have quite a nice bit of narrative about he sends a tweet at the start of the show and that then causes something to happen but i think i might actually have the strand that will give an answer with the, the next interview to talk about 
Yeah, the other interview that we've taken a quick look at, he was on Chris Moyles recently on Radio X. Uh, friend of the show, Chris Moyles, I should add. Um, <laughs> I would say it's quite it's quite a short chat. It's about four or five minutes. And it's hilarious at the beginning. Coogan's got no microphone. So it's a Zoom chat into the Radio X studio. Coogan, Coogan's got no microphone, no headphones. He sat back on a chair like this. like He's all the way back there, but like on the other side of the room. Uh, looking like the most <laughs> relaxed man in the world. And Moyle starts the interview clearly worried that the interview is going to be bad because it looks like Coogan basically doesn't give a shit that he's there. Um, they rectify that and it's all fine, but it's just so funny, like, Coogan starts this so chilled. Um, and yeah, they talk about talk about stratagem, uh, a lot of the kind of points we've already kind of been through. And in essence, yeah, that this show is going to centre around Alan's fear of being cancelled. Um Coogan does go on to talk about there will be a gender-fluid dancer in the show that Alan interacts with. So I wonder, is that how Alan is going to get himself cancelled? Perhaps right. their interaction mm. is going to be, what does it? Um, and yeah, kind of at his kind of concluding point in this interview, he says, they've written it to talk about things people are scared to talk about. Um, so as a side note, I thought there is quite an interesting thematic link there, I think, with uh, essentially witch finder and witch trial metaphors for cancel culture and cultural division. Really, I think it's kind of feels like Steve and the Gibbons are kind of very honed in on that world and kind of what comic potential they can mine from that. Um, and I think the other thing worth mentioning in terms of the stratagem promo trail is at the time of recording, uh, we have it on good authority that Steve will be appearing on Saturday Night Takeaway with Anton Deck in character as Alan Partridge. Uh, which him appearing on a, another TV show in character hasn't happened since Tier 5 Friday in, I think it was 2015. Um, so that feels like quite a big step if he's doing that. <laughs> and also you've got to go, right, Steve doing basically the biggest, basically the biggest primetime Saturday night shiny floor entertainment show you could do on TV right now, doing it in character as Alan, not as Steve to promote stratagem. Are ticket sales going all right, Steve? Or do they need a little bit of a push? I've, I've got, I feel like his arm's been very twisted into that. I don't know what you guys think. Oh, he would not be doing that show if he didn't feel like he had to do that show, would he? <laughs> mm. Mm. Although, yeah. he did, what was he, what was he, it was Jonathan Ross that he did beforehand in character to promote the book, didn't he? But I guess, yeah. you know, less, probably less, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was kind of less timely, I guess, that he did that. It was just a general sort of promo trail thing that he was doing, whereas this feels like a... Uh, the tickets have been on sale for a while. This feels like a job to get those last however many tickets over, yeah. the, over well, the hill. Yeah, because I think, you know, you've got... He's done, you know... Like, he's done a lot of significant interviews. Like, you know, to be fair, his his PR team are doing a very solid job in terms of getting him in front of audiences. But the fact that he's done all of those as Steve and then we get to Ant and Deck and it's as Alan, yeah, I think that says a lot. I would also say with my former ticketing hat on that it's one of those situations where it's, it seems like it's a tour that sold very well, but also not sold very well in that clearly out of the traps, I think they probably sold a lot of tickets. They added a lot of extra dates almost immediately, which suggests suggests that the original dates were almost sold out and that they were confident that could go. It seems like probably what's happened is all the Allen hardcore fans went out and bought tickets immediately, worrying that they might not get a chance to see him or have been waiting a long time mm -hmm. for this. But it's the kind of the, the the floating voters, if you like, that are not so willing to invest, especially at you know sixty quid a ticket. I think I think it's probably the mass audience for Partridge are have not mobilised, and so that's why he's now turning up on the one show, turning up on Ant and Deck. You know that like he needs he needs a light entertainment voters to buy tickets because those extra dates probably perhaps haven't sold. Although in his defence, you know 
News at 10 is experiencing a bit of a renewed heyday, so it will clash with that. So I can understand why it is becoming a bit of a struggle. Plus the dates are in into, into spring summertime, so people will be rambling and in beer gardens yeah, as well. These are, all, <laughs> these are all very valid points. So that's a, a little bit of uh, tantalising teasers and tidbits of what you might expect from Stratagem, but we'd love to hear your predictions. The more specific, the better. Um, and as we review Stratagem, obviously we'll be uh, covering it. Why wouldn't we? Um, we'll also cover your predictor partridges and uh, heap glory upon people that manage to guess something that's actually in the show. So I will say we have given away quite a few spoilers for, just based on his interviews alone. <laughs> Yeah, you don't get any prizes for just saying, yeah, he's going to be doing a sort of self-help tour and there'll be a gender-fluid dancer. Yeah, we, we've given we've that told away. you that. But uh, but yeah, go, go wild with it. Get specific. Uh, get in touch with us at Instagram at MuggyTennisPod, Twitter at ThePartridgePod, Facebook.com slash ThePartridgePod. You can email ThePartridgePod at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a voice note on 07923 We may use it in a future episode and unrelated to uh, stratagem guesses. But if you're just enjoying the podcast and want to sling a few quid our way, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash MonkeyTennis. And we do occasionally round up the names of people who've been generous and heap praise upon them on this very podcast. So, we might even do that next week who knows stay it could tuned be you it could be you that literally gets your name read out on a medium-sized podcast <laughs> so anyway <laughs> from uh, from from that heady topic to the darker world of savile and over to you nick holder <laughs> yes uh, I'll, I'll pick up the mantle here um so i think we were just going to quickly touch on um uh, Steve obviously uh, playing Jimmy Savile in the show The Reckoning, um, which I don't actually think has a date. I think it's 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 2022, so it's going to be some point this year, but we don't actually have a confirmed uh, transmission uh, date for it. Um, but there's been quite a bit in the press, uh, I guess really around the kind of um, controversy. And um, I'm just going to read a, a line from a, um, a piece from The Independent. Um, which I think kind of summarises kind of what the issue is. Uh, it says this, the argument runs that we shouldn't be amplifying the stories of men such as Savile and that we should confine him and his many atrocities to the annals of history. And I think that's kind of a bit of a scene setter in terms of why people have taken kind of umbrage with the idea that um, obviously this character is is getting a considerable amount of time on, on kind of people's uh, screens. This obviously comes, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Adam, with the Netflix uh documentary series which obviously we haven't seen yet but again there's more kind of like light um being uh kind of cast to to this character um but yeah this is essentially steve coogan taking on the role of uh jimmy savile so anyone have any thoughts on this well i was wondering do we know is it a one-off show or is it a series i'm not sure whether that's been made clear in anything the fact that Steve said in that Craig Charles interview that the shoot took four months suggests that it is either it must I think, be a series. I think that seems like a fair point. Yeah, if you're making a one-off, it probably wouldn't last four months. Although, if it's feature length, then yeah, don't know. And, and Nick, you just touched on the fact that there is a there's a Netflix series coming as well. Has anyone watched the trailer for that? By the way, yeah, I have. Yeah, it, it is genuinely quite harrowing. But um, I think the the point that I wanted to make here, and I do like obviously, there's been quite a lot of outrage and you know why is this person being portrayed why is this person getting a sort of not a platform but you know what you know what i mean um i mean it's very prominent in the british psyche it is intrinsically linked to the british psyche and and media over the last sort of 20 30 years but then you know something like netflix is global so a lot of people around the world do not know who this person is so 
you know, that that's the reason that they would be doing it. One, it would be quite popular here, but also it's a pretty horrific story that that will travel around the world. And the other point is that, you know, in the rise of sort of like true crime and what how that genre has become really popular, whether that is with podcasts or whether that's with documentaries and things like that, how is this different from Making a Murderer? How is this different from all of those true crime series that it gets also gets accused, rightly or wrongly, of, of sort of glamorising atrocities and horrible things this isn't really any different from that so i think you know if you're criticizing this for being made you should also be criticizing all of those other shows being made and not watching those but i don't i would get i would guess that a majority of these people have watched things like you know um documentaries on the history channel or documentaries like making a murder or all those true crime stuff and and really enjoyed them so i don't really see if you're gonna if you're gonna be critical of this being made be consistent with the criticisms of all of those true crime things being made that do get you know um horrific stories and horrific you know true crime um tales told to the masses that you know people just really really enjoy these days um i i'd agree and i also think there are other shows that there's a precedent that's even closer to this than making a murder you know there's been kind of high profile dramatizations of um things around like uh, fred and rosemary west and things like that kind of a high you know high profile murderers and things like that um i also think this smells a bit like you know tabloids or newspapers using this as a stick to beat steve coogan with you know i think i think there's there, there's yes, definitely there's 100%. definitely an element here of you know people going you know uh, potentially reporters going to you know victims families or whatever and going oh steve coogan's doing this what do you think about you know trying to poke the hornet's nest i, I think the most salient point really though is that if people are kind of questioning senior tv figures saying why are you giving the savile story a platform the senior tv figures you want to go after are the people that let savile on tv in the first place 20 25 years ago surely that's where the blame needs to be laid you know when there were rumors circling and people continued to give him a platform in real life you know i think a dramatization with steve coogan doing a fairly good job of you know explaining the evil of the man is is kind of weak squash compared to people letting savile himself on tv for 30 odd years i think it's uh i think also there's been an overriding point with all these uh recent interviews coogan's done where he's been asked about this his line is very much, and quite fairly, I would say, is people should wait to see it before they make a judgment. And I think, you know, I feel it's quite bold on his part because I think he absolutely knows papers that, you know, let's we can be quite uh, quite honest about this, you know, there is a certain swathe of the media in the UK that are out to get Coogan in whatever way they can. He's been very vocal about his dislike and distrust of the majority of tabloids and what have you so yeah you're absolutely right it's kind of it's easy fodder for them to create clickbait or to basically create headlines around coogan and paint him in a very bad light because of how they can spin him uh prioritizing uh or, or bringing a savile story back to prominence again but yeah i think respect to coogan for he seems very willing to tackle things that are difficult much like he talked about in some of his interviews that we've just discussed because he has the luxury of he can afford to choose to do these difficult projects that for some other people they could almost like be perhaps even career enders if the press really dug their heels in about it and kind of span it in a certain way. But I think, you know, Coogan has so many fans that understand what he's doing and that these things need proper consideration that I think ultimately it, it it will get there and be seen by the right people and understood by the right people. But yeah, it's, it's an easy win for the tabloids to create headlines that 
basically question question this without giving it a fair hearing. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yes, and Steve has indeed been a very busy boy because he has another series coming, um, which is uh, on Channel 4, called Chivalry, which we've uh, sort of touched on a little bit earlier in the episode. Um, Alan describes it in the Craig Charles interview as a tiptoe through the precarious world of Me Too and woke politics. It is a comedy drama for Channel 4. And Sorry, um, Alan describes it. <laughs> I've done it again. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know he's, he's not in character yet. Save it for Anton Deck. <laughs> oh, help me out, mate. Right, Steve. Yes, right. We'll keep that in. It's a just a bit of fun. Steve, um, the other one. <laughs> That's lunch. And again, uh, much like the Savile um, series, um, it hasn't got a transmission date, but there is some basic information out there. Um, it, yeah, like I say, it's a comedy drama for Channel 4, uh, produced by Baby Cow, as always, and it's written and starring by Steve Coogan and uh, Sarah Soleimani, Soleimani, who you may know from, uh, who wrote and starred in Him and Her, um, and was in Bad Education and The Wrong Man's. Um, so again, not a huge amount um, out there in terms of when it's coming. And I found a bit of a description online saying, an unlikely couple are put together by a cynical studio exec to salvage a failing movie. Bobby is a woke writer slash director and mother of one with a precarious relationship and a dodgy visa. She's lauded as the potential next big talent after a successful low-budget indie debut and is promised studio funding for her feminist biblical biopic if she can rescue this sexually controversial thriller first. Cameron is a successful film producer and ladies' man who has just been dumped by yet another 20-something girlfriend via WhatsApp. He knows he must detoxify his sexist movie or face ruin and thus an unlikely partnership is forged. So it sounds like a bit of a uh, odd couple um, caper about a, a sexist film called Chivalry that basically a Phoebe Waller-Bridge type is parachuted in to, to save. So yeah, that could be a bit of fun. 
Again, I think it's interesting. That feels to me like that is Coogan again taking on a subject that can be tough to tackle because it's quite nuanced and very easy for media, papers, whatever, to essentially deliberately misunderstand and paint him in a bad light because it's a story about me too and what have you. So yeah, I think kudos to him for for taking on board those projects that he could easily just not bother doing. Yeah, and it absolutely feels like the, you know, whatever you say or think about his his kind of choices, they're they're interesting, they're, they're controversial, they're they're things that people will want to see for all manner of different reasons. You know, us us because I'm sure we think it's gonna be high quality, interesting product, other people because they want to know, you know, what this whole Savile, you know, series is about. Um, but they're all kind of gonna make for compelling viewing, I think. Um Back on to Alan, we've had quite a few listeners getting in touch asking if we've seen the This Time with Alan Partridge Series 2 outtakes online. Of course we bloody have. You'd expect nothing <laughs> less. Um, there aren't a lot of Partridge outtakes out there um, for various reasons. Um, one thing I would say, having revisited these, is that they're all very fun. Um, as you might expect, the Corridor intro to uh, episode one has the most outtakes because it's a long, continuous shot with both Alan and Jenny walking and talking very sort of Aaron Sorkin-esque. Um, so plenty of potential to fuck up and fuck up they do. Um, so that was really good fun. Um I enjoyed the bit where there's a scene where Steve comes into the studio uh, at the end of that bit, um, and and as you know, Alan is very supposed, very carefully supposed to have learned all of the staff's name and read them in order, uh, but Steve actually gets them all wrong, uh, which is kind of <laughs> kind of art imitating art imitating art. Um, the section where Steve is uh, sorry, Alan is talking about sex robots. Uh, that's really great. Lots of corpsing, uh, mainly from the actress uh, opposite him. Um, yeah, whenever he's talking about adapting an existing unit so that uh, women could use it as well as men, uh, she's struggling with that bit. Um, probably the most fun though is when they sent Steve Coogan up in a Spitfire and uh, basically just doing loop the loops. I think they did two, and then it's quite clear that that he's sort of had enough, and he's like, okay, I think I think that's that's good for me. And then there's a bit where they're kind of like, is that Steve saying you've had enough, or is that Alan saying? You've had enough? He's, like, he's like, it's 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 me saying. I think I think that'll do. Looking very queasy. Yes, yeah, so you can find these outtakes on YouTube. We'll probably post the link on the socials. Um, a couple of comments underneath were noteworthy. Uh, one from Stephen Campbell, who said, his performance as Alan is so natural, it's weird seeing him break character. Like, my mind finds it difficult to accept that Alan is a character in the first place. We're with you, Stephen, <laughs> as are the 38 people that thumbsed up that comment. Uh, <laughs> Tube Noob also said, the timing and lines in Alan Partridge is next level slick. It's actually reassuring to see Steve Coogan fluffing the lines uh, yeah, we absolutely agree. Um, it's nice to have a couple of these uh, these fuck ups on camera just to remind you that they're all human. I just think it's really nice seeing Steve sort of like having fun with this. It's it's there. You know, you, you kind of imagine Steve Coogan, who, you know, knows this character so well, so intrinsically. It's so rehearsed. It's so, you know, changing lines, all the things you imagine if things go wrong. And I'm not saying this didn't happen on set, but if things go wrong and people mess up, you know, you kind of maybe imagine him getting him like a bit pissed off and being a bit annoyed. So it's just nice to see him actually being quite playful and being quite funny about it and corpsing himself. Um, I just I love I mean, I love outtakes uh, anyway, like Smeg Ups and Smeg Outs. The Red Dwarf ones always had on video. Smeg Ups is I, the high bar, isn't it? So yeah. good. And I and I always I always kind of like look for outtakes online. Like one of my favourite YouTube videos of the last year or so is like this mega compilation of Saturday Night Live um, talent like crease uh corpsing and and breaking character and stuff like that i always find them a lot of fun so yeah i really really enjoyed this because there's not a huge amount of alan outtakes out there so yeah this is great stuff 
Well, I was going to say, it's interesting and I think kind of a shame that I don't think there's an equivalent version of this that exists for this time series one, is there? No, definitely not. No, and then in terms of kind of outtake level type content, even back in the I'm Alan Partridge days, I think we only ever got kind of extra deleted scenes. I don't think we ever got a blooper reel from what I can remember, but... The closest, sure. we got were, the closest we got was um, Steve and uh, Simon Green all corpsing at the chocolate loose <laughs> bit in the hotel. Yeah. Ah, yes. Okay, so there, there are a couple around, but I, I think that was... M- back in those days, it was more about deleted scenes that never made the episodes. Than and I think there say. are some for Alpha Papa as well, I think, but I don't remember them being too memorable. Yeah, I mean, the less said about Alpha Papa, the better. Anyway, moving back to this time, um, John Wood got in touch on Facebook with, I have to say, an excellent spot that I certainly didn't clock... Uh, John writes, rewatching this time, and I keep spotting small but brilliant pieces of AP excellence. Did you spot Alan closing the wrong eye with the spotting scope? Now, we'll have to probably post this on socials just to make it clear what we're talking about, but that is an excellent visual gag. And I think in this sequence, I think there are lots of fast cuts, so you could probably quite easily miss that sort of detail. Uh, But I mean, you know, that's probably, I think we spoke about that sort of thing a lot with stuff like this time. The jokes are very dense and multi-layered. You can miss lots of these small details, which uh, are always worthy of a review. So I don't know if you guys noticed that at the time. Definitely not, no. no. So you've got this kind of, um, yeah, Alan is uh, leaning against a tree using a spotting scope. But uh, yeah, the eye he's trying to view it through is the eye that is closed. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a lovely spot. Um, we've also had some feedback on the John Robbins um, episode that myself and uh, Tom did. A few of you have got in touch, and I'm going to start with Becky Thomas, who says, uh, I really enjoyed your episode, but John, I can't believe the Monkey Tennis team found someone with a more encyclopedic uh, AP knowledge than themselves. Um, he was actually brilliant, to be fair. Um, I, I forgot, actually, how, how deep his knowledge went, so you're quite right, Becky. Uh, James Coglum writes, All hail the new god of Partridge. Uh, if the monkey tennis's knowledge could be described as comprehensive, then John's is forensic. His AP chops are most definitely not in question. The man is clearly a fan. And we also had a note from Matt Andrews, and you may recall that we were struggling to remember in our chat with John um, about moments where Queen had appeared in uh, the APU. Um, And he wrote that it was a great episode, but he had thought of a few more Queen moments um, that uh, arose in Nomad. So Alan puts on all of Queen's seminal jazz album so he can uh, snog Angela. Uh, Hard-hitting Queen drummer Roger Taylor lives in the Norfolk area did not know uh, and there's reference to freddie's tendencies um which are said with relish and, and tendencies kind of in inverted commas there um so thanks matt for those bonus queen moments so next up uh, previously we've spoken on the podcast about sacrificing comedy for the sake of narrative and vice versa in Partridge in uh, sort of other um, uh, big comedies um, and a couple of you got in touch uh, on this point that we spoke about so John Leshen got in touch on Twitter saying in response to the question of balance of humour to story arc what we do in the shadows immediately sprung to mind ironically or perhaps logically Natasha Dimitriou co-stars and Bain and Armstrong accredited as executive consultants. I think this is in, that's direct reference to our chat about Peep Show. 
And Jamie Atkinson said, Peep Show did become too narrative, getting in the way of the comedy in series six to eight with the endless love triangles. I think I'd broadly agree with that. Um, they shifted episodes in series one. So I think this is you, Adam, and he's saying that that's probably the series you're talking about. I wonder if we'll get more of the story arcs for both series of this time if they do another book, such as the relationship with Tiff, just like they did with Angela in Nomad. Great points. Thanks, Jamie. Um, so on to the sticky to- topic of a Clash cover. Uh, Jeff Butterfield got in touch on Facebook to say, loving the podcast, even though I'm very late to the party. Uh, I just listened to episode 90, which covers the Clash cover of I Fought the Law. I'm fairly sure the actual clip played on the show is actually the Bobby Fuller 4 original and not the Clash cover, which to me is even funnier for the musicians in the crowd. Um, so... Yes, uh, that's that's very true. Uh, it appears we fought the Jeff and the Jeff one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's um, if you go back and listen to that episode. So this is in Knowing Me, Knowing You Radio, the second episode. Nick Ford, the uh, the lawyer. It's I think there's a nice bonus gag with him thinking he's so cool, thinking he knows about music. So he says, "I always come on in court to I fought the law by the Clash because I'm a lawyer. It's cool." I just asked the sound guy to play it. Just slap this on, mate. Yeah, cool. But the sound guy hasn't played The Clash. He's played the original version, which does sound a bit different. So, yeah, not nice little gag there that Nick Ford doesn't know the difference either. I mean, Jeff, that is an amazing spot that obviously we didn't pick up in the original recording. And I don't know how many people will have actually picked up on that. So uh, kudos to you. Yeah, think about it. I'd say I probably just assumed... Because going back, if you're paying attention, it definitely doesn't sound quite like the Clash version, but I think I would have assumed maybe they'd done a replay version because they wouldn't have had the licensing to to include the, the proper Clash one. But um, yeah, he's right. It's, it's the Bobby Fuller 4 version. Um, talking of great spots, uh, Pete Mill got in touch on Facebook. Uh, it's a bit of a cryptic message, actually. He wrote to us, Call out for monkey tennis on tonight's Coronation Street. Very random, must be a secret Partridge fan in the writer's pool. Now... I've got to confess, I don't watch Coronation Street. I don't think <laughs> God, any, no. of, any of the, the team here do. So it took a bit of figuring out what he was actually talking about. It's a bit like, I'm assuming it probably is an Alan reference monkey tennis, not a podcast reference to monkey tennis. However, that said, we have been featured on ITV quiz shows in the past. So, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, so in my initial searching for this, I found a tweet Uh, which was from December 2020, uh, where somebody had posted monkey tennis, hashtag Coronation Street, at Accidental P, which accidents Partridge. And it is basically a very short clip of a character in Coronation Street who seems to be talking into, I can't remember if it's a mobile phone or some kind of dictaphone, saying idea for a theme bar slash night Cluedo, where all the waiters and waitresses dress up as suspects. So basically an Alan's dictaphone type moment idea for a programme. However, of course, that was 2020s. That wasn't what Pete was talking about. I have actually tracked down the uh, episode of Coronation Street in question. Um, So I'll just play this for you now. Okay, it was a trampoline warehouse in Anglesey. (laughs) It's got more harebrained schemes than Alan Partridge. Monkey tennis! Of course, when she was angling after antique earrings, I was Renaissance man. So that is, that is great. I love that because I think that is this whole, it's a great consolidation of this whole thing about Partridge being in the popular lexicon, particularly of Britain. So the fact that monkey tennis is shorthand for a harebrained, ridiculous idea. Um, You know, I, I love to see Partridge in the wild like that, where it's just, 
the fact that culturally Alan and his kind of key lines, phrases, almost catchphrases have become so ingrained into the popular consciousness, which I think was something we always wanted to kind of explore and delve into a bit by doing this podcast, really. So I think literally a character in Coronation Street shouting out monkey tennis, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, but I'd like to think that obviously because they know about the podcast as well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And um, we've just got time for one last email. And it's from a Stefan Music. And uh, they write, Hi, Monkey Tennis team. And they've included uh, the commissioning bell emoji, which I also enjoyed. (laughs) Uh, Stefan here from the East Coast of Australia. I've been pondering the lyrics and meaning of Knowing Me, Knowing You by ABBA. It's actually a depressing song to use for a chat show, but it's quite fitting, really. We know that from the onset of the radio show, Alan's having marital problems and suspects that Carol is cheating on him. We also know that Alan's supposed Abbott obsession doesn't get a mention after the uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You TV series. My theory is that Carol is the Abba fan. Maybe she was responsible for the naming of their son, Fernando. Perhaps Carol came up with the name of the show. And maybe that was her intentionally hinting at their relationship breakdown. Or perhaps more likely, Alan was trying to use the language of ABBA to passively communicate his feelings about how the marriage was going. Anyway, regardless of that balmy old cack, I just want to thank you guys for hours of entertainment. I don't have anyone to share in my uh, Alan Partridge obsession, and so the podcast fills a void there. abba dabba do. Um, I, I would just like to say uh, a massive thanks to Stefan for writing that, because I think that's a great email. And I like how far we stretch some of the theories. Um, so we're, we're always here as a sounding board for your ideas. Uh, and of course, yeah, welcome. Welcome to the Partridge family Stefan uh yes thanks so much for that crazed ABBA theory and to everybody who's contributed feedback to uh, to this episode we'll be back next week with more of your lunatic ravings uh featuring <laughs> war jet pedestrianization american things and crash bang wallop what a video turns up in a very unexpected place so please do join us for that if you've got any feedback for us you can also drop it off at instagram at monkey tennis pod twitter at the partridge pod <laughs> facebook.com slash the partridge pod email the partridge pod at gmail.com leave a voice note 07923 on the Monkey Tennis hotline but we really must go now because Tom Stab just messaged the group to say he really needs a poo so that's the end of this week's episode from all of us at Monkey Tennis the Alan Partridge fan podcast thank you and goodbye I really do need a poo <laughs> Monkey tennis? Radical. Awesome. Mega. 
Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. Okay. Monkey tennis? Edmonds is a total wazzard of a guy. Yes, 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 and yes. It's hotter than the sun. They said, who the hell is that? <laughs> this is great banter. Yeah. Back of the net. Monkey tennis? The people who enjoy Alan Partridge will enjoy this podcast. The people who've never got it still won't get it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.